All right, guys, let's do this. It is great to be back with you today for another episode of the In Focus podcast, progressing further into Daniel for some big ideas and wisdom on navigating the crazy intersection of culture, politics, and faith and looking to the stories and experiences from God's people in ancient Babylon to help bring our world into better focus that we might be empowered to live a more faithful, more eternal kind of life within it. I'm your host, Justin Laughlin, husband, dad, pastor, adjunct professor, and most importantly, follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. Today brings us to Daniel chapter 4 and one more time around the mountain with King Nebuchadnezzar and everybody within his circle of influence. As usual, there's some really good stuff in store, but before diving in, let's recap where we've been so far in order to put today's content into context. As for the series as a whole, the biggest takeaway overall we should have at this point, I think, regarding life in Babylon, life in the intersection of culture, politics, and faith is twofold. First, it can be done. We can be faithful even in very much less than ideal circumstances. We can be faithful even when we are immersed in a corrupt and corrupting cultural and political context. We can do it. And then second, if we are to do it, it's going to take constant discernment by the grace of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. There will be all sorts of dicey situations that are not within our power to prevent or avoid. And living in Babylon often means that we have to go right through the storms. It might be a bit chaotic and treacherous at times, but there will be a way through. There will be a way forward. There will always be a a way available to us that is faithfully allegiant to Jesus. Uh, That might cause us to stick out, of course. It might put us at odds with the cultural, political, and religious powers that be all around us. It might even land us in a fiery furnace. Uh, But there is a way of faithfulness available for those with the discernment and fortitude to take it. And when times are tough, uh, that way of faithfulness, again, the one requiring great discernment and fortitude, might be lonely because uh, one of the things we're learning is not too many people have both the discernment and the fortitude to take it. In chapter one, we saw that the way of faithfulness requires discernment in both the concessions we must make and the stands we must take that make us an oddly distinct and countercultural people. In chapter two, Daniel's example provided additional clarity regarding life in Babylon, namely that faithfulness requires of us a countercultural and circumstance-defying prudence and discretion as we interact with those around us. And on top of that, we were reminded that living in Babylon means we may occasionally experience a nerve-wracking degree of dependence upon God through various circumstances, sometimes that God himself has even initiated. 
Finally, in chapter three last week, we were reminded of some of the many antichrist qualities and behaviors of Babylonian life, such as pride, ignorance, intolerance, and jealousy, which can manifest themselves in violent words and actions, as well as malicious accusations. Against these uh, worldly tendencies, faithfulness requires an unwavering resistance. Our allegiance to God sets us at odds with such norms and values that are Babylonian in nature, not godly. And that means we will occasionally have to endure the threats, the violence, and the accusations of the world around us, again, because we are going to stand out and be different. Now, for chapter four, here's what's going down. The whole chapter is basically a letter from King Nebuchadnezzar to the people of the Babylonian Empire, recounting another remarkable turn of events which has taken place. What stands out immediately is the exaltation of God in King Nebuchadnezzar's prelude in this letter, uh, with, of course, the familiar note of self-interest that Nebuchadnezzar can never quite put to rest. Uh, Basically, he starts talking about how amazing and awesome God is and what God has done for me, because, of course, uh, Nebuchadnezzar can't ever quite get past himself. So, in any case, uh, he's at least also looking to God and glorifying God in what's happened in his own life. So, uh, what has transpired, apparently, God gave King Nebuchadnezzar another dream. Once again, it was quite disturbing. This time around, at least King Nebuchadnezzar was willing to convey the details of the dream to his merry band of magicians, enchanters, and astrologers, but none of them were willing to dare an interpretation. Then at last, Daniel is brought in to the king. After hearing the dream, Daniel is also quite disturbed. We are told that, quote, his thoughts alarmed him and... God, uh, apparently from the details of the dream, God was poised to bring down King Nebuchadnezzar in grueling and humbling fashion. Daniel perceived it was going to be an ugly mess. Uh, It was clear to him. The king, however, as he recognized Daniel's uh, being disturbed, said, hey, don't worry about it. Just shoot straight and tell me what it means. Daniel's response was essentially, King, uh, if only this dream was for your enemies, which of course none of us wants to hear as a prelude to what we're uh, about to be told from God. Uh, But that's how Daniel began. Uh, King, you're going to go down. God's going to humble you. He is going to break your pride until you learn that he is God and you are not. It's going to be rough. And then uh, Daniel continued, hey, uh, maybe you can take a little counsel on this. You need to humble yourself. You need to repent and turn away from your prideful thinking. You need to be generous and kind. And maybe, just maybe, this turn of events from God can be delayed a little bit. So, that's how it kicks off. Then a quick prelude 
we are told 12 months later, uh, Daniel, uh, sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar has not heeded any of Daniel's advice. He's completely basking in prideful delusions of his own greatness and judgment falls. In a moment, it seems King Nebuchadnezzar completely loses his mind. He goes nuts. He runs out and lives in the wilderness among wild animals like an animal himself. He's eating grass like an ox. His hair is growing wild and unkept. His finger and toenails are growing out like bird claws for what we are told is seven periods of time, meaning symbolically in the Bible, of course, that the fullness of God's time passes and is set in motion for King Nebuchadnezzar's judgment. At the end of that time, Nebuchadnezzar looks to the heavens, his reason returns, and at that point, he blesses, praises, and honors the Most High God who lives forever and who actually is the one reigning from generation to generation over all the affairs of earth. And right on cue, as Nebuchadnezzar is repenting and coming back to his right mind, he is restored to power as the king of Babylon, but this time knowingly under the ultimate authority and power of the Most High God. So, that's what is transpiring in chapter 4. And our first takeaway from chapter 4 is simply this, you just never know. You never know what God has in store. You never know how things might turn out. And because of that, what we do know is that we better take things one step at a time ourselves. We better avoid presumption and we better refrain from condemning any of the characters around us, regardless of how seemingly unredeemable they might be. Again, you never know what God has in store, and you never know how any individual might respond. Second, as life is continuing to unfold all around us, we can expect some uncertainty and some confusion as to where and how God is at work in our midst. Our part Uh, once again with discernment and as we are given opportunity, is to speak truth into that uncertainty and confusion and to speak it with generous and equal parts of boldness and compassion, holding those two together, of course, being quite important. We need to speak the truth boldly because it is always hard to say how the truth might or might not be received. It was certainly that case uh, for Daniel, who was basically conveying God's judgment on a king who might have just gotten hacked off and killed him for such an opinion. Um, So, boldness and also compassion, because even the worst of us at our worst moments are still sons and daughters of God who will ultimately give an account for every word and every action when every single one of us stands before the Most High God who reigns over all the affairs of the earth from generation to generation. We are all equally in need of the truth. We've all been there in our worst moments. 
Uh, We are all equally in need of repentance. We are all equally in need of grace. We are all equally living out our lives in this temporary season of time between the ascension and the return of King Jesus. So, boldness, compassion, and always truth. First, you never know. Second, as we go, uh, the task before us is to speak the truth boldly and compassionately to help those around us understand where and how God is at work. There are the big ideas coming to us from Daniel 4 about living faithfully in Babylon, living faithfully in the intersection of culture, politics, and faith. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope that you are continuing to enjoy it and be excited about what God has in store for us through the remainder of this uh, series. If you are streaming today's episode from your podcast provider like Apple, Google, or Spotify, it'd be great if you would take a second to give the show a quick rating or review. And then if you haven't yet, become a subscriber. If you'd like, you can also share this episode with your friends on social media through your podcast provider's sharing option, or you can also copy and paste the direct link to the episode that is included in the show notes. If you'd like to hear about something specific from the Bible or a particular big Christian idea in the future, please email me using the address that's also included in the show notes. And until next time, as we continue our series into Daniel chapter 5, and our living faithfully in Babylon. Thanks again for being a friend of the show and for tuning in. And may God continue bringing your world into better focus that you might live an increasingly eternal kind of life before him.